everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Is that sneaky uh, bitch? I've been wondering where she is. Uh, really bad. <laughs> where have you been, you bitch? Recording in progress. Um, you know what's funny? No one else can hear that. It's just us. Oh, uh, is that like, like ah! everyone's probably like, what are you doing? Yeah. If everyone and I just randomly laugh for no reason, it's either because there's an in joke or there's a, a weird American lady talking to us on Zoom. Um. Yeah, it was the best weekend ever. I actually had such a nice, it was very autumnal, very seasonal. There was red wine, fires, Sunday roasts. It was fab. That does sound very nice. <laughs> um, right, okay, so let's get to the questions because I feel a bit bad that I think we're a bit behind and I want to try and- We are a little bit behind, okay. Yeah, I, I want to try and nail through some. Okay, so, okay, Emma Wilson Gouch. I think I said it right. <laughs> Hi, ladies. First time I'm here. I'm a long distance runner and I ran a marathon last weekend. Well done. But my focus for the next eight weeks is to get stronger and loose. We know <laughs> names. A few LVs to help me with my running. I tend to at least 15K steps a day, running or walking, with a long run up to 20 miles on the weekends. I want to aim for three gym sessions a week, but I'd also like to keep up my specific runner's strength training which is mainly body weight, balance, plyometrics, et cetera, et cetera, twice a week. Question one, is this too much? Should I incorporate my runner's strength with the gym workouts? So uh, question one, is it too much? You're doing 15,000 steps a day running or walking with a long run of 20 miles on the weekend. That's fine. Then you say you do twice a week of some kind of body weight, balance, plyometric work. Um, I think doing two plyometric sessions, uh, the thing is you don't actually say how many runs a week you're doing, which would have been good info to have. Um, two plyometric sessions a week, maybe with two of our, maybe do Emma's full body gym workouts twice a week and then focusing on your runs is probably a nice split for you. Emma, what do you think? Yeah, if you're doing two workouts with that split, I would do push and pull at the gym. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, we get this question all the time, right? And we can only kind of say, yeah, that sounds like a lot or no, that sounds doable. But for one person, that will be a ridiculous amount of training. And like, I mean, if I started training like that, that would probably be too much for me at the moment yeah. because I'm not used to that kind of training. And for someone else, like that might be very manageable. So really what we're asking here is, can you recover from the stimulus that you're giving your body? Like, is that too much exercise to the point at which you're overreaching or you're overtraining at which point you're not optimally like adapting to that exercise stimulus there's that and then on, and that would be like if you were an athlete that would be our primary consideration how much can we get you to do that you're still getting a benefit from that you're still adapting to but given that you also like have a life and you want life balance as well part of the equation is now also that like is that doable within your life does doing those two extra gym sessions mean that you're really compromising time with your family or time that you should be at work or time that you should be doing something else or could be doing something else so yeah there, there's a numerous elements it sounds okay on paper but you may find when you start doing that like if you do struggle then just come back to us and this like this is kind of what the advice we need to give to most people is is that why don't we try it and see what happens? And if, if there's a problem, we'll make changes. But we won't really know until we try. No, yeah. And uh, we can give like good guesses because we've been done doing this for a long time, but everyone's slightly different. And if you're a marathon runner and you've got that level of fitness, then maybe you can get away with doing a bit more, but do you want to? And does that affect your life balance is probably another consideration. Yeah, I think all amazing points are raised by Emma. Um, and I think, you know, what a really good thing to do is if, if you say that you're already doing the runs that you're doing and this kind of, what do you call it? Specific runner strength training. Um, so you're already doing that twice a week. 
why don't we do one of our sessions a week as well? Give that a week or two where you're doing everything you already do in one of our sessions a week and see how you feel, see how you're getting on. And this is, as Emma was saying, like if you're an athlete, how would we program you? Let's see how you're recovering, how you're progressing. And if you're like totally doable and I'm enjoying it and I feel great, well, let's try for two. And again, see how we get on. We'll likely hit a point where you're like, ah, that was a bit of a push for me. And when we get to that point, we'll say, okay, let's um, aim to do that as in on the weeks that you can. Failing that, let's just aim to do the one session or the two set, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, that amazing points raised by Emma. And, and, and that if, if, if really your main goal here is to be the best runner you can be, well, then it might be that something's got to give in the way of our sessions. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, because I obviously have absolutely no fashion sense whatsoever. But I'm sure there's like some really famous designer, like, I don't know, like Mark Jacobs or something. Or something. Anyway, right. Who says you should put on like, as, or maybe it's, I don't know who it is, Chanel, someone Hello, like. Chanel, take off one piece of jewellery before you leave the house. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, and that's what I was thinking of when you're like, well, we'll Jacobs. I said you gave one of the most iconic quotes in the history of fashion to Mark fucking Jacobs. How dare you? Back to me. <laughs> Chloe, do you know who I thought Mark Jacobs was? <laughs> the guy from um, Made in Chelsea. <laughs> of course you did. Isn't, isn't his name Mark Jacobs as well? I mean, I don't actually watch Made in Chelsea, but as far as I'm aware, there is no Mark Jacobs in Made in Chelsea. I thought it was the same person, and my mates were like, that is not the same. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, oh, speaking of fashion, just very quickly, anybody who really is into fashion... Me. <laughs> yeah, Emma, especially. Watch Cruella. Like, I watched it the other night. I've kind of been putting it off because I'm a bit like... I'm a bit of an old school traditional Disney fan. I don't really do the new ones, but I love Emma Stone and I love Emma Thompson. And I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it. Oh my I God. I love Emma Stone Gordon. I love anyone called Emma I'm a fan of. Um, it's like the devil wears Prada on acid. It's so fucking good. I cannot like, anyway, everybody needs to watch Corella number one and everyone who likes fashion needs to watch Corella like badly. Um, you know what I really enjoy, I mean, aside from the fact I just got that very wrong, is Coco Chanel quotes. Oh, she's amazing. They are, have, like, they're just so incredible. Like, some of them are ridiculous, but they're so funny. Like, uh, There's one about tanning, which is very good. Um, okay, question two. Do you think I need to start on higher calories, or should I start on 1600 and see how I go? Pretty sure I'm eating a lot more. Than that at the moment but I'm also not losing weight um I would do the opposite um love you love you I would start you higher and then let's monitor your weight if fat loss is a goal and if we feel like you're kind of stalling or you're, or you're not getting anywhere then we'll implement a really slight deficit um and go from there because yeah like we say we really want you to be fueled for your training and recovering from your training but also getting the results that you want um, and it is fair to say anybody, any of our clients, anybody listening, anecdotally, we find that clients who have a high cardio output do struggle a little bit more with hunger cues and, you know, feelings of, I mean, I, everything from kind of ghrelin and wanting to eat to leptin and feeling satiated It is definitely something we come up against. And unfortunately, and we do say this all the time, it's not necessarily that your hunger cues are going to be correlating with how with your energy actual calorie expenditure per day even if it feels like because you're super active that's the case it's usually not the case so let's start higher and aim for really consistent happy training diet everything and if we need to very slightly lower we will emma what do you think about that i agree completely and i think we've had a couple of people starting in this position who and really credit as well to being honest about this but they're like I'm on I don't know very low calories 1400 calories but I'm not consistently sticking to it like I keep having periods of overeating it's like well yeah because that's really freaking low calories but they're like I'm really scared of bringing up my calories because I'm not losing on 1400 but when you take a step back it's like you're not on 1400 because when you take into account the times when you overeat on average you're on higher calories now if we just gave you 16 or 1800 calories and you consistently stuck to that not only would you probably create a bigger deficit on average over time, but the most important thing is you're not now beating yourself up about the fact that you're not sticking to 1400 calories, eating more anyway, 
but like feeling like a failure for that instead of just being like here's something realistic stick to that you'll probably create a bigger deficit you'll probably see better fat loss and you'll be in a such a better headspace as well so that's why we like you to start higher yeah agreed um lessons we learned the hard way and I think that sometimes clients and Emma and I are totally like this as well We'll be like, I know best. I know what I can stick to. I can dial on 1200 calories. I'll be fine. I've done it before. Like, trust us. Like, both Emma and I have fucked up in this capacity personally. And, we, and also we've had many clients professionally like fall down this rabbit hole. It doesn't work. We need consistency above all else. And if that means you get a slower rate of loss and you fucking maintain it for the next two, three, four, five, six years, that's a win. There's no, every single time you decide, no, I know better. I'm going to drop my calories. And then in a few months time, we flip up, we slip up and you inevitably end up where you started, which happens all the time. All we're doing is we're taking time away from that other option. You could already be like very close to that point by now and you're not going to slip up. So please do trust us on that. I get questions all the time on my Instagram when I do like Q and A's and it's always like, how low is the lowest you ever had to take your calories? And I think people are asking because they want permission to do the same thing. So I don't really answer it anymore because I don't want to give people that kind of, it's okay because it doesn't work. Like, and also like- people take that out of context. They're like, oh, Chloe was on 1200 calories. Yeah, for like two weeks two before, weeks before shoot. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not long term but people kind of hear that and like interpret that how they want and you're so right like every time you massively drop your calories because you want those quick results you end up having to start again yeah and I mean it can be done but it rarely is where you're like yeah for a period of time I'm going to lower my calories and then I'm bringing back up to maintenance or like I'm bringing them up and I'm going to be in a smaller deficit like it can be done but rarely people do it so it's much better approach just to except that it's going to take that little bit longer but also you're not delaying anything until you get there like don't put your happiness on hold don't stop living your life while you're dieting because that's what you would probably have to do to an extent if you're on 1200 calories and then you don't really have to be as patient because you're still living your life and enjoying yourself and doing all the things that you like and eating foods that you enjoy while you're losing body fat at the same time preach it sister Joe Bishop. Hello, I'm new. (laughs) I love your grammar. How do I work out my calories and macros? I'm also on the green app and there is no info on it. Mm. Okay, Joe, you need need to tag us in a post so we can help you um, because we're now day one, week two, and we need to get you where you, you, we need to get you set up. So Joe, tag us. Um, Ellie Wood, hi, is it okay to continue doing my workouts from YouTube, most of which are strength and resistance focused, and they keep me motivated, and I enjoy having someone to follow along with on screen. I've been coached before via an app, and I just couldn't get along with it. Thank you. Um, Look, if you really like your YouTube workouts, and you want to do them three, four, five days a week, fine. Apps, we want you to enjoy what you're doing, that no training is bad, training's fine. All I would say is don't expect, if you have kind of quite impressive physique results on your kind of um, fin- cross finishing line, why are you laughing? <laughs> I just thought you were going to be like, do you know what? If you want to do your YouTube workouts, fine. But don't expect any results from them. If you want results, do our freaking workouts. And like to an extent, yeah, like saying, you will like, get good results, but you will... You have- if you have real physique results at the, at the end goal, as your end goal here, you might not get there. But fuck it. Let's, let's walk this road. Do it. Go for it. And, and if you decide, you know, by week five, hmm, my shoulder doesn't look as round as I wanted it to look. That's when you need to do our workouts. But, you know, it, it, it's really, really about the goal that, you know, how... How impressive are we talking here in terms of physique changes? Because then you need to work hard in the gym and that doing our workouts, really. Yeah, agreed. We've got a couple here. Should I go through them? Yeah. Why do you advise going for a walk after food if you have PCOS? Okay, so it's just, it's basically about insulin. And so there's loads and loads and loads of research to show that just 10 minute walks post meal is like has a really really nice insulin response and also even just digestion 
um it's just a really good thing to do read blood sugar um and yeah that's it's pretty much open and shut that's pretty much pretty much it and also we do want to get your steps in yeah I think it's usually people just sit down after their biggest like the evening tends to be their biggest meal that's the biggest glucose load some women with PCOS have insulin resistance which means that they struggle to clear blood glucose as effectively as people who don't have insulin resistance and that means that if they go for a walk so any exercise will independently clear blood glucose like independently of insulin clear blood glucose so it's a really good idea to do in the research it's called postprandial walking but essentially it is as simple as like going for a walk it doesn't have to be a walk it could be around the house like it could literally just be instead of sitting down in front of the tv like you get up and you sort of clean the kitchen for 10 minutes or you know like you're walking around you're moving you're not just slouched on the couch but that helps with the clearing of blood glucose after a big meal um i did a load of research yesterday on fertility because i went down a very big rabbit hole but i was looking at pcos as well and the benefits of exercise for women with PCOS who were trying to get pregnant, like unbelievable. Oh, oh yeah, massive. Like I didn't realize that the mechanisms via which exercise benefits fertility and PCOS are the same as many of the treatments that you're given and in some cases as effective. Yeah. So definitely if you have PCOS and you're looking to get pregnant, but there are caveats to this and actually, the more I read in this, the more I was like, oh my God, like it's so individually specific. And I've reached out to a couple of women um, who are going through IVF because that's a different situation altogether and very different recommendations. And depending even on your BMI, different recommendations there as well. So it is quite a specific thing. And it's not that exercise is actually necessarily good for everyone going through fertility treatment. And depending on the treatment that you're going through, et cetera, et cetera. But for some people, it can be very useful, especially women with PCOS, especially overweight women with PCOS. A hundred percent. And specifically resistance training as well. If we're going to be, if we're going to get really specific about it, building muscle. Um, and yeah, re-IVF, it, it, yeah, they're two completely different things. I mean, most, I mean, I, I would, it's not really scary. It's not scary. It was just a bit of a wake up call. Like I would say 50% of my friends who are either currently pregnant or have children had to go down that IVF route, which I feel like is really a lot higher than I ever would have expected a few years ago, but it is. And I would say most of them are ordered pretty much as soon as they start. Um, but kind of, it's a lot of rest. So it's, a, it's a very different protocol. Although I feel like, well, I don't know. I don't want to say that because I'm not a doctor. Anyway. Yeah, it's like, basically it's like too much exercise, bad, too little, also bad. But with IVF, you probably want to err on the side of too little, like as little stress on your body as humanly possible. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is something to watch. I will say like anyone going, and I know we have a few people who are either currently going through it now on the EC method or are aiming to get there. Like, I think, I just think it's the, this, I know, given what we've just said about rest, you're probably like, why am I here? It is like one of those things that you go through where the more support you have, the most support you have is going to be so, 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 so beneficial because it's quite, it's quite a thing to go through, like both psychologically and physiologically. So um, definitely be, bear in mind if you are on the EC method and you are going through IVF, there are a few people on here who have either done it or doing it too. So reach out, talk about it. And um, yeah, you've got a nice support group. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of dietary changes that you can adjust as well, which might have a small benefit and a few supplements you can take. And yeah, I definitely think the support aspect, probably something that's massively underrated and likely impacts as well as psychological stress. So if you feel like you're well supported, if you feel like you're doing the right things, I think that can be hard for people who generally exercise quite a lot because that's a big stress relief for them. So taking away exercise is quite stressful, but equally the stress of exercise on the body is probably not beneficial during, well, it is not beneficial during IVF. So finding other ways to de-stress is important. Okay. Okay. Holly, morning. Sorry in advance for the quick off the mark question, but I saw you pop up live and wanted to jump on fast to get the question in whilst I was at the services. Okay, sorry, because that was maybe 10 minutes ago now. (laughs) Anyway, I'm in hypertrophy and I'm on 2,200 calories. 
but these last couple of days I'm mentally struggling with my belly looking bigger. Last week my average was 1.9 calories, 1,900 calories, as I was finding it tough with feeling fuller. But I have taken on board switching foods up and the average is still 120 grams of protein daily. The gym workouts are brilliant. And I got five in last week alongside a cardio class. And my step average was 10,000 steps a day. I am now working away with work a lot of this week and I can't help but panic. Although I feel strong in the gym, I am getting quote, unquote fatter. And I don't get much gym time in. The scales haven't fluctuated hugely. And my period was the beginning of last week. So maybe it's all food volume. I don't know. Can you help me not panic? Is this normal for hypertrophy? Will I ever have a flat tummy again? Will I end up needing to cut in however long time? Thanks, ladies. Uh, need to calm the fuck down and not overthink on my long drive today. <clears throat> okay, I think a lot of people struggle with this when they go into hypertrophy. So there's a couple of things. One, it might be that your surplus is a little bit too big. I mean, it doesn't, if you've not put on weight, it sounds like, to be honest, it might have just been hormonal a little bit and a little bit of food volume and the combination of the two. And do remember that around your cycle, there's a huge impact of your mood as well and your body image. And that actually, if that was the week of your cycle, maybe your body image was a little bit lower. And at this point, I probably wouldn't change anything. However, going forward if you still feel like this over the next two three weeks we might look at bringing you down to 2000 calories and just like it, it depends on your goals as well like you're saying do will i need to cut again at some point do you want to cut again at some point like is the point i want to try and build as much muscle as possible in the next six months and then i'm going to cut that's what you want to do fine that isn't like for example that isn't the approach i take i like to sit around maintenance for the rest of my life and like, I might make little changes. I might be like, oh, I'm going into hypertrophy. I'll add a few hundred calories per day, but it's not this huge different thing. And I never get to the point that I'm massively uncomfortable and then need to do a massive cut again. So you don't have to do these huge cutting and bulking cycles if that isn't what you want to do. If you're a bodybuilder, yeah, maybe that is something that you would consider doing. If you're just looking to build a bit of muscle, it's not really necessary to do that. So it could be that you're in slightly too big a surplus. But I also think that in this situation, you've just not given it long enough and you feel a little bit uncomfortable, partly probably because of your period, partly because you're just eating more food volume and you need to keep doing that for at least another two weeks to sort of see what's going on there. Yeah, I echo everything Emma said. I would say, A, if you're, if, if you're kind of premenstrual, then yeah. I mean, not only, I mean, it is a lot of it, psychological but like I'm, I'm not gonna lie my body looks markedly different the week before I'm due on I mean I know when I'm due on because I'm like <laughs> I look like I've never trained a day in my life and then it goes and then it's like I don't even know three days max and then it's back to normal um but I but I feel and I get all in my head about it and that's the psychological thing I get really wound up about it you got to be really really pragmatic um so take that into account but yeah look if you're on 2200 calories that does sound like a slight surplus um if you're hitting you say 10k steps a day five workouts per week and a cardio class great expenditure fucking fantastic um yeah i mean it might be a little bit of a surplus for you and you might be gaining fat and you are going the rate at, at which you're going to gain body fat is going to far and away exceed the rate at which you build muscle even if you're ticking every fucking box to ensure that muscle hypertrophy is occurring in the body it's going to exceed it so if you feel like whoa i'm gaining a little bit more fat than i'd like here well there we go let's pull your calories back down um and you've got two options here really we can do a, something really gradual and slow like come down to 2000 calories and see how you get on or we can do something which we know is likely going to be a bit more effective quicker like again come down to like 17 to 1800 calorie bracket and see how you get on there but you absolutely don't need in order to be gaining muscle gaining a, a, a significant amount of body fat this advice could change if you're a bodybuilder i'd be like suck it up suck it up you've got to gain some body fat we're going to hedge our bets and i want to make sure i want to make damn fucking sure that next year when you get on stage you've got two pounds more muscle mass you're this bringing is, the best package to the stage yeah, best package yet babe i this is not advice i would give to your average joke because all that's going to happen is what you're saying you're going to get really uncomfortable in your body for what for fucking what why don't we hedge our bets the other way and be like okay well let's just keep your body image and like again like the way how comfortable you feel in your own skin intact like let's hedge that bet 
and hope that we also start to gain an incremental amount of muscle as the months pass. So it, to you know, how extreme is the goal and where do we hedge our bets? And for you, I would say it's where I just said. Yeah, I think the important thing here is to like respond to this, not react to this. So it's good that you've messaged here and you're not like, oh, I'm yeah. just gonna cut my calories back to 1500 because I feel slightly uncomfortable. Like change is uncomfortable, end of. So you will feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but as Chloe's saying, like you don't need to put on huge amounts of body fat in hypertrophy. And actually what tends to happen when you do is you trip yourself up. Yes. You want to diet again and you've not even built any muscle because muscle takes time to build, not just calories. Um, okay, excellent. Uh, Lauren's just informing me that it's actually Mark Francis who is in Made in Chelsea. Thank you. Um, all these people. <laughs> Not in a rude way. I don't mean like I'm friends with a lot of people who are on Made in Chelsea, but I'm like, I like I I I don't I don't I would not know who one person from a reality TV show was if they walked into a room. I mean that'd be yeah. I mean, no more than Emma, so I'll take that as a win. <laughs> could be Mark Francis. Could be Mark Jacobs. Mark Jacobs. I know who Mark Jacobs was. So if he walked into a room, I'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, right, Laura. Hey, ladies, absolutely loving the full body gym workout which I never thought I'd say, but what should I up first weights or reps? I've completed it this morning and felt like I could push myself a little bit more. So I did one more rep on the lat pull down, leg press, deadlift, superset. No, 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 no. You never change the reps. We set the reps and the sets. You just increase the weights when you can complete the reps and sets with good form. Yeah. Uh, Kim is agreeing. Cru How do you say, say that? Cruella. Cruella. Cruella? Yeah. Cruella is amazing. It's amazing, guys. It's oh, such a good film. It's such a good watch. You know, those, what was that film, Drag Me to Hell? Oh, Halloween recommendation for everybody. It was just such like a, what's the, I don't even like fun film to watch. It's just like every other second you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's laughing in the cinema. So it's like, whoa. Yeah, like that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, can't relate. I uh, just don't have the attention span for that long. Um, Aileen, hey girls, I'm getting 132 grams of protein, hitting my steps and workouts, etc. I'm concerned about carbs and fats. Don't be concerned about carbs and fats. She says she's having 150 grams of carbs, 41 grams of fat. Does this sound okay or should I lower either? Calories are 1500. I find by trying to hit my calories, I'm eating a lot and feeling very full before hitting said carbs and fats. Ignore carbs and fats. Just focus on getting your protein in and hitting your calories. Don't worry about the rest. Yeah. You up? You? Okay. Emma, being a migraine sufferer, do you find exercise can trigger them? What do you do to try and avoid them in that situation? <clears throat> um, yes, I do. Uh, and I avoid exercise in that situation, but everyone's so different. I'm not sure if this is gonna be very helpful, but mine are usually a combination of premenstrual, tired, too much caffeine. And then if I exercise, it will like trigger it to come on but to be honest it was coming anyway like it just sort of speeds up the process uh so yeah i would just avoid exercise if you if you can feel that a migraine is coming on uh the, the one thing i've been trying recently which does seem to help and i remember being a little bit pissed off when the doctor told me this because i was having like horrendous migraines to the point that like the doctor came out in the middle of the night once and gave me an injection like in my ass to stop me being sick like it was so so bad and like, because my mum thought I might, she's like, I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned it might be a stroke. And I was like, it's definitely not a stroke. Maybe like my whole tongue went numb and like yeah. I couldn't feel my hands. It was yeah. mental. Anyway, then I went to the doctor and they were like, have you tried aspirin? And I was like, are you like, I actually thought I was dying and you're, you're trying to give me aspirin. But I think if you catch it, and there's some research on this, like when you can just feel it coming on if you take and I don't want to say this because I can't remember exactly how much but it was like more than the usual amount of aspirin if you take that then and I think it's because that works via like vasodilation yes um that can sometimes stop it coming on and and like so when we had dinner in London I thought I was going to get migraine and I took like a load of aspirin before and it didn't come yeah there we go 
I was so worried about you though that whole dinner I was like oh god because it was loud in there it was hot in there it was like a lot of sodium rich foods and I was like shit like I spent the whole dinner like at any point I felt really bad for you I kind of just wanted to cancel because I felt so bad because you know when you're just sitting there like teetering on the edge like am I gonna like well for me it's always my stomach is the problem am I gonna throw up is there yeah I actually felt fine by that point so maybe it did work it is about vasodilation as well like, and mm-hmm. it's also there's yeah taking taking aspirin kind of like as a daily supplement as you get older is also something that's recommended but yeah it's a, it's a good one. okay crap food posted too soon oh right sorry tanya's saying crap posted too soon i don't know where food came from that that word wasn't there <laughs> just right there emma makes up sentences it's fine <laughs> Um, I'm doing the weight at home workouts, having a slight panic. These aren't as good as going to the gym simply due to the lighter weights. The heaviest I have to go up to is 20 kilograms on two times adjustable dumbbells. Just not in a position to join the gym. I'm traditionally a running bunny. So trying to reduce the running and get my head around weighted workouts. My mind is trying to trick me and I have to remind myself not to overexercise. Yeah, look, look, chill out. First of all, I've I've been working out solely from home. I haven't gone to the gym in weeks. And it's because I'm I've been, although actually I'm not, I haven't been in the last few days, but I've been slammed for time. I'm kind of changing up my training a little bit for reasons I won't bore anyone with. Um, and it's absolutely, absolutely fine if you've got weights at home, as long as you are doing, if you read the details tab at the top of all the workouts, I talk about not having such heavy weights at your disposal and ways to ensure that you're hitting failure in your sets uh, with the reps in your sets and reps range. And the reason that I, Emma gives you such specific sets and reps ranges with the gym workouts is because she knows that you can you can hit failure in these ranges the reason mine is a broad range is because i know that depending on what weights you have at home it's going to be hard for you to hit failure so not only do i give you tips and tricks in the details tab but i give you a range that allows you hopefully to hit failure with what you've got at home um it is and that is what you really look emma and i and and hopefully everyone who's good at their job in our industry we do want you getting stronger and lifting as heavy weights as you can in the sets and reps range we instruct you know in my opinion intensity which is weight lifted and volume are just as important as each other for different reasons but it is fair to say that if we're actually talking about increasing muscle mass here volume takes the cake every time so as long as you're hitting failure in the sets and reps range i give you you're going to be fine and do what you can with what you've got honestly like emma talks about this all the time and i love it when she talks about it because it's really just really great like real life client advice minimum effective dose it's still effective um, so don't worry about it. Don't stress, sweetheart. You'll be fine. Yeah, you'd be so amazed with what you get from doing, like the vast benefit you get from doing actually very little. And then you do still keep getting benefit from doing more, but it's such a, like the the returns are so diminishing at that point. Yeah. And, and as Chloe's saying, like you have to, like if that's what you have available, you can absolutely make that work. Like everyone made pretty incredible changes just working out at home during lockdown oh yeah not to be like really self I don't know aggrandizing but like if I'm happy like spending a period of weeks because I'm too busy training in my garage and kind of with the weights I've got in there and getting on with it instead of going into the gym and spending two hours like you know really slogging through a leg workout like if I'm okay and I really care about my physique even though (laughs) whatever if I'm okay doing it you should be okay doing it trust me yeah okay hi girls I have a holiday book 6th of November I'm on track to smash my physical goals and think I will be my goal body composition and happy with my reflection mirror in terms of my fat loss by this point as realistically I don't have too much to lose my next step would be looking into maintenance and hypertrophy how would you advise me to approach this on holiday I don't want to undo my progress while I'm there I intend to work out and carry on gym workouts but want to enjoy myself it's my first holiday in three years just looking for some advice on how to manage this thanks so much in advance just want to say big thank you for everything you've done so far I'm absolutely loving it good I love that um I love it I I love your your mental attitude first of all I'm really happy and impressed that you say that you know that you're close to being at your perfect body composition um and then you're going to look into going into maintenance potentially maybe you know to add some muscle mass all great look 
we can tell you how to stay on perfect track with your with what's happening right now while you're on holiday but given that you've just said it's holiday your first holiday in three years and you want to enjoy it i don't think you're going to want to hear it it is definitely going to be about absolutely adhering 100 to your calories and your protein intake your training and your steps and when you're on holiday of course it's doable but it doesn't sound to me like it's something that you really want to do which means why don't we stay on top of what we can stay on top of? And for most clients, that tends to be expenditure. And why don't we get like your workouts and your, and your steps? And why don't we give you some room to maneuver with calories? Um, that would either mean coming up to maintenance, giving you a little bit more room to, to play, or it would mean coming away from tracking. We talked about this in the last episode completely because it can really trip you up when you start to see your calories go over. Psychologically, I find that both with myself and clients, you think, oh, fuck it, I, fu I fucked it now. So it's actually probably a better idea. Well, it, it depends on the client, but for me and for some of mine, it's a better idea to come away from tracking and instead make really smart choices and choose your indulgences much, much more likely to adhere, well, to adhere to a better degree. But is it possible that you're gonna come back from holiday having gained a little bit of weight Yes. Will it all be fat? No. Might a small percentage of it be? Yes. Is that a big deal in the grand scheme of things? Can we just get you right back on track? Yes. Um, so it's my answer. Yeah, I think if I was in your position, I'd probably be like, not had a holiday for three years. I don't know how long you're going for, but what, one, two weeks. You're still going to go to the gym. Probably wouldn't really worry about calories. I'd choose my indulgences because you're going to enjoy them more, more than anything else. And because yeah. actually massively overeating, you think might be fun but really isn't after a couple of days and you'll feel pretty sluggish and crap so I would just do that and not worry about it at all and then when you get back if you're like oh I put on a little bit more than I wanted to you carry on on the calories that you, like the diet and calories that you're on now for a couple of weeks and then move to maintenance as opposed to just moving straight to maintenance like I think people overstress so much about this and just remember that your energy stores aka your fat stores are meant to fluctuate they will fluctuate it doesn't matter if they go up and down, they inevitably will go up and down. It, you've actually proven to yourself now that you can get in the shape that you want to get in. So if you go on holiday and you put on a little bit of weight, you have evidence that you can then get back into shape when you get back. And we're not like encouraging you to go all out when you're away, but actually sometimes taking the pressure off of yourself kind of means that you don't go all out because you're like, oh yeah, okay these things fluctuate body composition fluctuates that's a normal thing I know how to change it I've proven to myself that I can change it so I'm not going to overstress about it and then you don't kind of fall into that bucket bucket mentality of oh my god I've overeaten a bit and then oh screw it I'll just keep overeating you're like yeah this is life I've overeaten a little bit maybe tomorrow I'll eat a bit less but like I'm choosing my indulgences I know that I'm only on holiday for one week two weeks and then I get back into routine I think like that would be the approach I would take. Yeah, I agree. And I think just being just being a bit more big picture about it and being like, this is my life and there are going to be holidays. And okay, if I if it doesn't mean that I can adhere 100 percent to what I was doing before I went on holiday, fucking so be it. Like it's life. Yeah, and like you didn't work your ass off to get an amazing shape and love the body that you have and feel incredible to then be like well I'm not going to go out for dinner or I'm not going to go out in case I overeat my calories or I'm going to spend my whole holiday in the gym like bigger picture is so so important here agreed okay hi I've lost 80 pounds and have loose skin oh the correct word of loose yeah well done, well done. um but recently my upper body is starting to get lean starting to see baby back muscles but my lower body my butt and thighs still hold a fair amount of fat is this just genetics and would just need to reduce fat or is there anything I could change in my training yeah it's a, a woman yeah it's being a woman it's a very normal for women to hold the majority of their body fat on their lower body um not for everybody but set, like for me I know that I hold the majority of my body fat on my stomach and hips but for most women yes lower body um the it, it can also be genetic if you're what we would call pear-shaped or i should say what society would call pear-shaped we do tend to find or it is a fact that um those clients tend to get pretty lean up top little waist like little, nice some ab definition very kind of what's the word like kind of ballerina-esque 
kind of upper body is very lean and life and they do hold more body fat on on their lower half and i i think there's a there's a video of emma and i talking about pear-shaped girls mm. on my uh, on my uh, instagram page i i personally and this is neither here nor there i think it's like the sexiest body type but i know that a lot of our clients who are of that shape get really really frustrated and this is where we talk about you know how emma and i are always kind of saying like the self-love movement isn't always that helpful well and it's like fuck it just love yourself it's like mm, it's really bad advice for a lot of women but there's also a point where that becomes really appropriate and accepting the, the your basic body shape is then like this is where you need to embrace it and love it um so yeah all things to think about em agreed Okay, Becky Morris, how do I know if hypertrophy is for me? Is it something you automatically transition to after fat loss to build muscle? Sorry for the stupid question. Not a stupid question at all. And I think that a lot of people think that they're like, I've lost fat, I need to move into hypertrophy. What you can also do is be like, cool, I'm happy to sit at maintenance. I'm happy to maintain the results I have. And actually for the vast majority of people, we've kind of touched on this, like the difference between maintenance and hypertrophy really isn't that different like you can be sitting at maintenance training really hard fueling yourself getting in enough protein sleeping well and building muscle and that's probably where most people are going to end up or would want to end up that's where chloe and i roughly sit there might be periods of time where we have like slightly different goals but generally i know for me like that's that's me for the rest of my life basically yeah I yeah if you what we want to we'll take it one goal at a time and have fun with it and if you're in a really good kind of on a really good track now and you're kind of you know you're nearing you're nearing in on whatever your goal is whether it's physique or or performance or whatever the hell it is health well then let's just maintain that you know let's just keep going let's let's you know let's make sure that you're happy with where you are and if you get to a point where you're like oh actually i think i'd like to xyz and again that could be anything performance physique and then we deal with it then and you know this i i think that yeah this is this is a mistake that i made both you know just on social media and and with my clients was like projecting my kind of goals and what i was doing onto them and like thinking that they should be doing it too but actually it's different for all of us and we're all going to have a different way of uh, of doing things that suits us and that we enjoy and that we like both in the you know day-to-day sense and the end goal um, so yeah, why don't we just take it one step at a time and we'll just work with you as and when. Yeah, sometimes that's like projection and sometimes it's like you're not meaning it to be projection, but people are just like, well, if Chloe's doing that, I should do that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that, like that's why we always do the reset and why we always get you to kind of go through that process and focus on your own goals and what's important to you and what your values are and how they are linked to your goals and what like what the next steps are for you because it's going to be different than to us and don't have the same lives and the same pressures and the same goals and aspirations and and values as well so yeah it needs to come from you we can't tell you what your goals are yeah okay Aileen thank you I can relate to all of that minor hormone oh she's talking about migraines minor hormonal also I was told to take my meds a few days before my period but I always forget because I feel good prior to them hitting maybe just set an alarm in your phone so you remember, would be my tip. Okay, Suzanne, hi ladies. I'm away on holiday for half term a week on Monday. I won't have access to the gym and I don't have any weights. Will the home workouts be okay for this week? Also, any tips on sticking to a food plan when sharing a holiday cottage with other people who don't eat well and all drink a lot? Yeah, yeah, like we say, do what you can when you can with what you've got. And yeah, it's like we always say, like I say, big picture consistency, not day-to-day perfection. And Emma says imperfect action. And it means the same thing. It yeah. means that let's, let's just keep going, keep the ball rolling. If that means you have to switch to home workouts, so be it. Enjoy it. Something different. Go for it. Uh, the beauty of tracking is that you can, you know, probably kind of get through that week with people. Um, not having your kind of typical quote unquote diet that you would normally have, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a free fall. You are going to have to try and if you want to stay on track and, you know, I don't want to project onto you like diet on holiday, but like if you want to stay on track, you might have to potentially meal prep, potentially eat different meals. If you're out, potentially make smarter choices. Um, but yeah, the beauty of tracking is that you don't have to be like on a strict meal plan. Um, yeah. 
I think, and also realistically, you're going to have to guesstimate everything because you're not going to be in the kitchen with everyone like weighing out your shit. So just guesstimate and realize again, like it's big picture, like it's a week. Make sensible choices. Enjoy yourself. Don't overstress about it. And if the worst case scenario is that you're not in a deficit or not in as big a deficit that week, like what that's really not that bad, is it? So yeah, don't don't overthink it, don't overstress it, go and enjoy yourself, make good choices and do some home workouts. Okay, right, we're done on the live. Okay, I've been trying to get through some questions as well on the post. Um, okay, Joe Bishop. Hi everyone, newbie here. Oh wait, did we just do that? Yeah. No, no, I think we stopped to do live. Oh, okay. Okay, can't wait to get started. I've just watched the video and read all the files. It says that if you weigh less than 70 kg, you should probably start on 1600. I weigh 5455. Ideally, I'd like to be 4950. I'm only five foot. Got a nine month old baby and I'm carrying excess body fat around my belly. I've been on this diet and that diet. 1600 calories for my height weight is the most I've ever had. I suppose I'm a bit scared. Do the calories and macros get altered at all? Um, so, Joe, <coughs> start here. And um, to be honest, we're probably not going to drop you too much lower than that because what we're trying to do is make sure that your uh, calorie intake is not only fueling your energy expenditure, but if fat loss is the goal, it's also a deficit for you. So we have taken everything that we're setting you into account. It's not just a basic calorie count. It's everything we're telling you to do. I don't know about breastfeeding as well. You say you have a new baby. You don't mention breastfeeding, but that is something that I'd like you to just clarify for me. So maybe tag me in a post. Um, and yeah, I think also a lot of the time where, you know, a lot of diets, they tend to kind of be like a blanket lower than, you know, 1500 calories, for example, um, because a lot of diets don't take into account energy expenditure. And I have a lot of clients who come to me saying that they only had success when they dieted on 1200 calories. And I, and obviously then they couldn't maintain it and it didn't work long term. And then I say to them, and what, what was your expenditure? Like, what was your step count? And they're like, I have no idea. And this is part of it. And this is what we're doing. We're doing a little bit differently here in terms of your diet it's all factored in um yeah i think that's a brilliant point like considering both sides of the energy balance equation is very very important and like this seems to be a bit of a trend from this episode but let's start you there and then we will adapt if we need to like you don't really know what's going to work until you try like you can come up with all these theories and we've made you know very sensible suggestions based on years and years of experience and what has worked for other people and then we adapt it to you like that's the coaching aspect is okay stick to this let's see if it works if it doesn't we make amendments so that it does work for you Mm -hmm. there's literally no other way to do it yeah okay Gemma Everett says hi one I work full-time and I have a toddler on days I work from home. It's an acronym I didn't know. On days I work from home, I am in a lot of team calls. Any tips for getting steps in on these days? Um, Get out at some point in the day with your toddler and go for a walk. It's a very simple way of doing it. Alternatively, remember that it is a weekly average. So if you do have a day where you're slammed for time or you're stuck in the house, you're stuck in the car, whatever it is, we it's a weekly average. So you can make up for it on another day. Emma? Yeah, I agree. I think you'll be surprised as well, like how much just little, even if you can get out for 10 minutes between calls or pot around the house for 10 minutes between calls instead of just sitting around, that tends to add up. And you might accept, okay, I'm not going to hit my 10,000 steps today. But instead of just thinking, oh, I won't even try, maybe you get 7,000, which means that your weekly average is far easier to stick to. So that would be the approach that I would take. Yeah. Two, any thoughts on Coke Zero? I've gotten into a habit of two cans a day. No, I'm completely and utterly fine with that. Emma? Yeah, I think as long as you're not like reliant on it for anything and two cans is probably the max. Like, yeah, I think you can overdo anything, but there's no, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Uh, Three, any tips on staying on track at the weekend? We talk about this all the time. Um, tracking calorie, like banking calories, sorry, in the week, say so 100 calories a day, Monday through Friday. So you've got 500 extra on the weekend. And or 
coming up to maintenance calories on the weekend you can, I would be happy for you to do both if you wanted to and then being aware that you know you have a goal it doesn't matter if it's a Monday or a Saturday just you gotta if you've got a goal you've got to work for it and accept it lean into it enjoy it enjoy the challenge um or you know change your goal <laughs> yeah own your actions and be responsible for them and parent yourself like if you want results you have to be accountable for your actions yeah for boredom snacking tips um get get some control over the snacking get some really really try and schedule it so for example for i have clients who lo fucking love snacking and i say to them you're grazing all day long you're snacking all day long this is going to be a problem on for for so many reasons both psychological and physiological so if you're someone who's like no i have to snack between meals it's like a pattern it's a thing i let fine we have one snack one between breakfast and lunch one between lunch and dinner maybe one afternoon so maximum three a day anywhere between one three a day and it is a snack as in like a pot of greek yogurt or a protein bar a packet of beef jerky whatever it is it doesn't have to be all healthy protein stuff that i've just mentioned but you know rein it in and pin it down and get consistent with your with your daily diet intake and grazing and snacking all day is not promoting consistency with your daily diet intake and it is going to trip you up trust me yeah, I think snacking is actually a really big problem. And whenever I say this, people are like, oh, but I love, like, yeah, fine, love it, I get that. But also like the problem isn't the snacking, right? It's calories at the end of the day. It's however you break it up. It's, it's human behavior. The problem that I have with snacking is it tends to be mindless. It tends to be just picking things up that you don't even really think about, that you don't enjoy, that don't fill you up. And then you're constantly hungry because you don't have periods where you're not eating. And you yeah. then don't eat big enough meals because you're constantly snacking and you're like, oh, well, I probably shouldn't eat a big meal now because I literally just had a chocolate bar or I just had a packet of beef jerky, like whatever it is. Like the point, the problem with snacking is it's unplanned and unmindful most of the time. So there's nothing wrong with having a snack, but as Chloe's saying, like plan it in and enjoy it and sit down and have it rather than just eating on the go and not really thinking about things and just letting things add up and then finding at dinner time you've only got 200 calories left and you're like oh god I can't really have dinner now like so much easier to stick to calories if you have decent sized meals and actually allow yourself to be full because I just find otherwise you're eating such small amounts constantly throughout the day that you never actually feel satiated like you never feel full yeah and that's really hard to stick to yeah, and I I hate to, you know, I, I think sometimes I talk about stuff like this and I think people, some people are like, oh, it's not helpful, I don't care about like evolution, like we are where we are, <laughs> you know. And I think sometimes I talk about stuff like this and it actually really helps clients reframe human behavior. And if you just think like from an evolutionary standpoint, we aren't meant to be shoveling food in our mouths throughout the course of the day. We weren't designed to be doing that. Um, and which is why I say from both psychological and physiological reactions to you doing that, never, ever, ever having a fast window. And I don't mean like fasting. I mean, as in like a period of two, three, four hours where you don't eat. It's not good for you. It's not good for you metabolically speaking. It's not good for you hormonally speaking. It's not good for you in terms of calorically speaking. It's just not a good thing to do. So like I say, if you're going to do it, plan for it, keep it tight. Keep it <laughs> no. tight. Uh, also i think just like set yourself a challenge prove to yourself that first three days you're not going to snack yeah like you can absolutely do that and then once you do you're like okay like i own that now if i choose to have a snack i will have a snack it's not like i have to snack i can't possibly not eat between breakfast and lunch like you absolutely can yeah okay should we make this last one yeah is it on the live no oh, okay yeah Sarah Jepson. Hi all, first timer here. <laughs> Don't know why I find that so funny. I've been missing weight since January and I've had approximately four months with a one-to-one -one PT, but I've been going it alone since May. My one-to-one -one sessions were great, but it was never explained to me what each session was doing for me. So I feel like I've drifted since I've gone it alone. My question is, I have increased, what do you mean? Like, as in like, this is a lower body session. This is what we're targeting. This is what you, you can hope to happen. This is why we're doing it. Like, I, like, I yeah, really, maybe. 
how would you not as a PTA? I mean, I just I'm so fucking I talk way too much, but I I was like when I was one-to-one PTAing or face-to-face, I should say, PTAing people, I was always like, here's here's why we're doing this. Always. Yeah, same, but yeah, I'm a bit of a geek though. I think that's why I work better online because I prefer to talk about the why. People are like yeah. just just count my reps for me, and I'm like, oh, I wasn't counting. So this is why this is why like we're shit in the modern day and age of PTs because we don't upload our workouts. We'd rather talk about what we yeah. do. <laughs> we suck. Um, my question. Okay, so hang on. I've just did since going alone. My question is: I've increased my calories from sixteen to seventeen hundred up to eighteen to nineteen hundred. Switching my focus to hypertrophy. I've been in this range for around nine weeks now. I'm starting to see changes, but also the scales are going up yes they will because you're eating more and you've also got probably if you've increased calories by carbs which you probably have glycogen storage and water storage increasing in the body very normal now i'm panicking that i'm going too high with calories and i'm putting on fat i'm already seven lbs heavier than i would like to be ah okay i'm trying to get away from focusing on the number on the scales but it's so hard i'm 51 five foot four and 59 kg do you think i've made the correct calorie change as a aside, I'm very good at tracking during the week, but it's so much harder to be consistent on the weekend. My good choices are generally good, but I maybe miss my protein target and I do like a glass of wine or two. Okay, right. So the first thing I would say is if you increase calories, you it is likely that you might that you are going to see the scales go up for the reasons I've just had food volume, glycogen, water. All of these reasons are likely going to see the scales go up. Um, for a lot of you, after that initial jump up, they might start, well, typically I find with clients, if I start to bring the calories up slowly, they'll come back down. But if you're finding that you're going up one to two LBs kind of pretty consistently week on week or fortnight on fortnight, it might be the case that yes, we need to pull calories down. Now you say you're seven pounds heavier than you'd like to be. If this is just an arbitrary number on the scale, then you're right to be like, I know I shouldn't focus on the scale. Who the fuck cares if you're seven pounds heavier than you want to be? Now, if you're looking in the mirror and you're going, mm, I'm about seven pounds heavier than I'd like to be. Well, then, yes, we need to bring your calories back down because exactly what we were saying earlier. This is definitely the theme of the podcast today. We want you to be comfortable and happy in your own skin. And while I would say to a professional bodybuilder, suck it up, we're going to hedge our bets. I would say to my average Joe female client who wants to feel happy and confident and is training for that goal, why are you doing this? Let's hedge our bets and stay on the leaner side. Like, like you know, and so, so think about that. Um, now, again, read the weekend, same thing we've said. You can bank calories and or you can come up to maintenance. But at the end of the day, if you've got a goal and you know that you're doing behaviors which are not keeping you on track with your goal, you need to check yourself. I don't have a goal to get lean right now, which is why I said this to Emma yesterday. James and I massively overate, overindulged, overdrank everything. Woke up this morning, I'm like, oh, I feel like crap. But I have no psychological ramifications of that because I don't have a goal to get shredded. It's like, it's not on my radar. So instead, I'm just like, oh, I need to pull it back in. If you have a goal, you have to work for it. And th- this is, I think, psychological work as well. That being said, you can definitely fit a glass of wine or two into your deficit calories because I do that all the time. Emma? I don't think I have anything to add. Oh. I, I think that was, that was excellent. But yeah, it's just, it comes down to a bit of balance. It sounds like you need to identify exactly what that goal is. In fact, Emil always quotes this, and I can't remember the exact quote now, but it's from like Alice in Wonderland. And it's like, if you don't have a goal, it doesn't matter what direction you go in. Like, or if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter which route you take or something. And then yeah. she like comes and it's like, which way should I go? And it's like, well, if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you need a goal to give you direction. And it doesn't need to be specific. It certainly doesn't need to be a weight loss goal, like a like a goal weight. Like we're, we're not into scale weight goals, but it needs to be a directional goal because otherwise, like you can't, imagine it, we can't give you any advice if you don't know the direction in which you want to go. So if you're struggling with that, I would recommend going back and listening to the reset podcast that we did. That's just like really helps you identify your goals and what's important to you. And then we can, give you the right advice to get there and I would say like in terms of identifying goals you know I think it is it does make it easier when you're like hypertrophy maintenance fat loss obviously it's easy to coach it's easy to I guess to have a route that at least you know you should be sticking to but there's also something to be said we have clients every round who come in thinking that they have to have a goal like this 
actually their goal is just basic health and fitness and I urge everybody to consider that as well like I've definitely had one-to-one clients who have come to this conclusion that it's very liberating being like actually I I go for I walk my dog every day I train three times a week I eat pretty healthy most of the time I don't fucking care and like this is something which I think has been conditioned into women as well and don't get me wrong Emma and I love a physical Emma and I like I I know sometimes I'm very aware that it looks especially for me like I'm really contradicting myself on my Instagram page I'm like no I'm the type of person that loves this shit right but that doesn't mean that everybody is like me we're all different and if you're the kind of person it's like actually I just want to be fit healthy and enjoy my fucking life that's a perfectly acceptable goal too you don't always have to be overreaching to look a certain way or achieve a certain thing if you're happy where you are and you're fit and you're healthy and you're active think about that as well because you know not everybody in this ec method group right now i guarantee you 99.9 percent of you are thinking that you have this goal i guarantee you 99.9 percent of you don't actually care um so just think about it yeah and it's so hard to like decondition yourself from like what the media tells you what you've been told since you were younger that you should be a certain size that you should look a certain way that if you're not the perfect body shape then you should be working to be the perfect body shape and that that just isn't true like you can be I mean and when we say like your goal could just be being happy and healthy like that is the end game like that is the biggest goal that is the most important thing but once you realize that then you might notice oh actually over restricting myself and not allowing myself to have wine on the weekend doesn't align with my goal of being the happiest healthiest version of myself then you can make those changes more clearly that's why you need a goal that's why you need direction that's why you need to be aligned yep yep i love it okay are we done we're done okay guys we will see you on friday yes on friday